This podcast is brought to you by 3B, the mental wellbeing company, hosted by Claire and Sue, co-founders of 3B. When you've got your wellbeing mojo on, you're firing on all cylinders. You're accepting of whatever comes your way. You are being resilient. We believe that one size does not fit all, and we want you to discover your own wellbeing mojo. So join us on our podcast journey, where we'll be exploring the many different aspects of mental well-being, and hopefully you can learn what you need to get your well-being mojo on. Hello, welcome to Wellbeing Mojo. It's Sue here with a little note about this week's podcast. Now, Claire and I have recently started a radio show. It's a local community um, radio station over on the Wirral in the northwest of the UK, and we're really excited about it. Now, we've been recording our shows. We've only been doing it for a couple of weeks, and we've got guests, we've got discussions, and we thought it'd be really great to transfer the recordings onto our podcast. So for this next series, you're going to be hearing those discussions. It's all about well-being. It's all very relevant for Wellbeing Mojo. Um, Our radio show is called Let's Talk Wellbeing um, because we're trying to encourage people to open up more about all the different aspects of our life that affect our mental well-being. So listen to this space. Hopefully you'll enjoy um, and do give us some feedback on what you'd like to hear on the radio and on the podcast. So without further ado, here's an extract from our discussion from last Thursday and it's our show, Let's Talk Wellbeing. Welcome everybody, um, it's Claire and Sue here on Halton Community Radio, we are really excited to be back this Thursday afternoon and we have uh, an awesome show for you planned, we've got a brilliant guest on, Karen Forrester-Jones, we're going to be hearing from Karen very shortly, um, we've got some chat in the second hour um, and it's all about our well-being. 
So without further ado, I want to introduce you to Karen. Um, Karen is a mad, gorgeous and creative redhead approaching 60 fast. She worked in a stressful job in the voluntary sector up until five years ago and then decided to make a break for it to train as a movement instructor and seek a better balance in life without too much stress. She helps people to achieve their aims, dreams or goals in having a better quality of life through well-being. So already in there, Karen, there's just so much that I want to kind of ask you about. Um, but it's in your bio, you shared a little bit about COVID and lockdown and how that kind of took the toll on your personal mental health. And I think that's something that certainly Claire and I can relate to and no doubt our listeners as well. Um, and you mentioned to us that... Um, you're experiencing a lot of things like anxiety, panic attacks, depression, but you're happy to say that life is so much better now, mentally and physically, two years on, but the brain fog still sets in now and again. Yes, you're in good company this afternoon, <laughs> Claire and I with the brain fog. And yes, I know this about you. You live in the wild west of Dorset, beautiful part of the country with a crazy, lovely husband and two very switched on cool cats welcome karen we're really excited to have you with us on let's talk well-being oh thank you sue and claire for inviting me it's lovely to be here and i hope the show goes with a bang <laughs> you're very welcome we're really excited to have you um i wonder if you begin by just telling us a little bit about the work that you deliver um because I think it's our listeners are going to be really interested to hear this because I know you do things in person, but you also do a lot of stuff online as well. Yes. Um, I teach movement and it could be dance, it could be anything, but just movement. And I do this because it helps other people's um, well-being. Our emotions are very connected to movement. Um, so that's where mental well-being comes in on my part. Um, so if I can improve someone's, I don't know, mood, which is normally done through movement because we set off all those endorphins, which help with pain, it helps with stress, um, then we feel a little bit better. So I have a lot of clients that live with chronic conditions and it doesn't make them feel very good, they can feel depressed, they can get anxiety, or they feel that it's the end of their life and they can't achieve anything anymore. Um, so through movement, I can get them to achieve something that they want to do as such. And it could be something as simple as being able to wiggle their toes or put their arms up in the air, you'll be surprised. And once they achieve this, they become a different person and they set themselves a different goal. So you may think that's a very small goal that they've set, um, but in the bigger picture, they may want to get back to swimming. Um, they may want to go play tennis. They may want to go running, but because of things that are going on around them and the way that they feel, they feel that this is now impossible. Wow, that just sounds, it sounds very personal. And very individual, which is something that Claire and I are really big on when it comes to our well-being, because we always say one size does not fit all. And so actually, you know, what you're saying there is that something may be seemingly small or 
you know, not such a big deal for one person could be the difference between okay. experiencing well-being and not experiencing well-being for another individual. And I think that's something that we feel really strongly about, you know, particularly within our work and in also as a message that we kind of want to get out there. Would you would you agree with that, Claire? Yeah, totally. It really resonated when you were talking about like wiggling their toes and it might seem really small and it's really apt because on one of our other broadcasts only I think it might have even only been last week or the week before we were talking about tiny steps when you're building your habits those tiny steps actually are really key because moving your little toes might be something that somebody's working towards to be able to do but then that's a goal achieved and that pushes you on to do more but if you then strive to go swimming say maybe that's your first that might be just too big you know when you never get there so it is it's about breaking things down into small bite-sized chunks and whatever works for you and we're, we're really big on yeah it doesn't matter if it doesn't work for me so maybe I don't need to twiddle my thumbs or twiddle my toes or whatever maybe I can do more but that's fine because I can set my own goal and the fact that yeah somebody else is doing that it is really key that one size doesn't fit all and it sounds like you're just you deal with people as and when they turn up of who they are which is really important isn't it Karen to do that it, it's it's extremely important but very important to listen to them as well and what they have to say because that they talk about the conditions and sometimes people don't understand whereas because I'm it's a visual thing movement is a visual thing I can see what they're doing I can read their body language which is you know quite surprising but the loveliest thing is when you see them achieve that and their whole personality changes and they just light up and it's like wow we've done that and then mood changes as well you know they come to me and they're all very quiet to start with and all hunched over perhaps they're a little bit depressed or the mental well-being isn't very good but generally the feedback is they say oh i really love that or i love the music that you used or i feel that i've achieved something and i didn't have to do it perfectly because there is nothing that is perfect about movement it's all comes from within you and it's all your emotions and they go away happy smiley and that's and that's the best bit oh I lo- I'm loving the sound of this it's making me want to move just kind of <laughs> listening to you it well yeah it feels very expressive mm-hmm. as well you know and, and very kind of you know what's inside of us kind of coming out um you know rather than kind of internalizing which I tend to do a lot of um Karen so what are the sorts of things that you actually do do you work with people one-to-one or do you work with groups how does it how does it work oh I've massively expanded can you believe that yeah I'm the size of a kingdom no um (laughs) I said you I was crazy um no I do um during lockdown I moved my business online and I'll tell you a bit more possibly about that later and the zoom classes continue so I do Zoom classes to people, not only in the UK, but internationally as well. So, you know, if I could get out into space, I'd be out into space, but there's no stopping me on that front. Uh, So International Space Station, just watch out. Um, As I say, so a large part of my work is Zoom classes so that I can work one-to-one or I can do group classes. 
and I reach people all over the country who perhaps still mentally cannot go out their house. Um, they still feel that it's not safe enough for them to go out. Um, so they are kind of isolated due to their condition. Um, and what is also lovely, because now we're out of lockdown, is I run hall classes. So I cover a large part of doing hall classes. And that's fantastic to have a room full of people. And we do that. I do specialist classes as well. I can do one to one with people and that's working on something specific to them as such. Or again, it may not be a lot of movement. They just may want somebody to talk to about um, what they're feeling when they're doing movement. There's a lot of that comes out. It can be quite emotional. I'm not a counsellor, um, but in a way I, I can relate to the emotion that comes out it might make them cry you know sometimes movement if they're managing movement and they they haven't moved for a long time they cry um so i've actually had to learn how to deal with that situation so yeah that's an ongoing thing for me um and i do conferences i do talks all sorts of things yeah, so, um, yeah, it's really expanded over the past five years. I'm no longer just your little local movement instructor in the village hall. Wow. I, I will, well, we'll share some details about how people can find out more about what you're doing um, a little bit later and also on our Facebook page. It's making me think, as you were talking there, about this, you know, we often think about our bodies and our minds and our emotions as all sort of separate things, don't we? But what you're saying there is that you're kind of highlighting the relationship between everything. Um, I, 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 there's a phrase, it isn't my phrase, um, but it's sort of from the embodiment world and it refers to, you know, the, the body's not just a brain taxi. You know, it's not just there just to kind of maneuver your head about, but I think we tend to think about these things as separate. And I think that's part of the education isn't it about learning about ourselves and and our well-being yeah i try to look at things holistically um so if you say if you were to have i don't know some condition and you've got a back pain and it may be you genuinely do have something wrong with your back but there's also other things that come into play such as past trauma um emotions because we hold a lot of tension in our back, especially from trauma or, you know, from surgery, you have scars and things like that. Um, and again, you know, certain holistic therapies deal with tension and it appears in a certain part of your back. So it may not only be that, you know, something's created that I ask, why is it like that, you know? look at trauma, look at what's happened in their past, look at previous surgeries they may have had. Because um, a lot of illness sometimes can be down to that emotion that we hold. And if we hold emotions too long and we don't let them out um, and we don't talk about them, then they can actually turn inwards and affect our organs and our body. It's really key that you're saying that because we are all about emotions at 3B. We're really important that we don't diminish our emotions, that we accept emotions, that we actually even 
look for what those emotions might be because I think very often we have a limited vocabulary of explaining maybe what we're feeling and you know things can come out differently for us with that so the things that you're saying there about actually sometimes it's about emotion that is causing us the difficulty that is really key you want to just delve into that a little bit more so because we have this already within 3b what we call it is emotional wealth so it's having an abundance of emotions understanding what they are you know understanding that we need to lean into them that it's okay to express emotions that we need to actually use our emotions because they're giving us information so we also believe that it actually offers us more resilience and I really think that's what where you're going with this so what do you feel is is really key about these emotions when you're working on this movement system that you've got why are emotions coming in for you there oh good one good one had to think about that one um I think we all carry a certain amount of emotion with us. It's there all the time. Um, and I think when you go to move um, and you do things and people and you do move with other people, you there's like an energy that is created and you can pick up on things. I'm not sure if I'm going in the right direction with this, with the emotional wealth. Um, but I always think it's important watch people and listen to people and watch their body language but also um for me i need to set boundaries because i can't take on other people's emotions because i have my own shit to deal with basically i don't know if you can say that on the radio but i have my own stuff to deal with on the radio there we go um so i have to set i have to set boundaries and like i said before i'm not a trained counselor so i can't go into these things with people. But the best thing that I can do is I can sign the post those people that I'm working with to people who are specialists in that area. And I think that's what they like. They like that friendliness that somebody's listened to them and can signpost them. Yeah, I really like that. So I just want to go into this a little bit more. Um, first, before before I ask a bit more about the emotions, obviously we're talking about mental well-being. That's our big take from this. You're, you've been talking about mental well-being as well as, you know, your physical and everything else. The, the word gets mistaken a lot or, you know, we all have different connotations around things like that. What can I ask is, your meaning for mental well-being what does that mean for you oh i always have that i always had that problem for years when people used to say to me what is mental well-being and i used to have this one picture of it um but just recently i've been training in tai chi um tai chi and qigong but more so qigong um and for me now i'm in this different phase of mental well-being it's about being able to enjoy the moment, um, being able to enjoy life um, or have a positive outlook around something that is going on. And if I can get a nice balance through my day of um, good positive outcomes, things I might have achieved, then 
I feel like I'm in a good place mentally. Does that make sense? Yeah, it really does. Yeah, it really does. So what it feels like there's this relationship. So do you see that, that there's a relationship between your emotions and your mental well-being? Because that's where it was sounding that you were coming oh. from with that. Oh, definitely. Um, if, if we wind back a year, um, I would have got up in the morning not wanting to get out of bed. It would That would have been the struggle. And I would have been very negative about what I was doing for the day. I mean, it's probably exactly the same as what I've done today. Get up, have breakfast, get dressed, get washed, set up the class ready for Zoom, do the Zoom class and then do whatever client was later on in the day. But the outlook on the day was, oh, God, I don't want to do this. As much as I love what I do, I was really dreading. Every minute was like heavy. I, um, what's the best way of explaining it is you just wake up and you're in a negative thing to start with and the outlook on the day then wasn't very good um, but I decided that when I woke up in the morning if I set out to do five minutes of exercise I had breakfast and I looked at something positive like what difference am I going to make to somebody else today then I had a different outlook on my day and I enjoyed it a lot better. And I thought, actually, do you know what? I'm enjoying this. Mm. And then I had to take time to just calm down in between the sessions because I need my own space and just to calm it all down and think, actually, do you know what? That went quite well. I enjoyed that. Perhaps I'll change the exercise for them. And then I started looking at things a bit differently. Um, so that's kind of, you know, the one end of Jekyll and Hyde to the other with my mental well-being as such yeah but what you're saying there Karen it's really key because you're talking about supporting other people and really helping them right. with wherever they are their mental well-being and emotions but you're also building your own self-care going on into there as well it feels like you've got this really good balance for you of where you want to be in helping others, but also making sure that you're in that good place as well. So actually yeah. your your emotional resilience must be really good. Do you feel that? I do. And it's something I've worked on for the past two years. It really has been a lot of um, self-development and looking at myself. Um, but it's not all down to me, you know. I think I have the best clients in the world. Um I've had one that's adopted me. She's lovely. She's 89. She's adopted me. And they look after me. And what I've realised through these classes is that because I'm giving them support, they're supporting me. But not only that, they're supporting one another emotionally. Because before I get onto Zoom call every morning for five minutes, I find them chatting and they're asking one another how they are and if they don't if that person doesn't turn up on zoom for a few weeks they email me and say what happened to so and so can you find out and see if they're okay and i just think how lovely is that you know it's like it, it's going around but i do have the best clients and they have looked after me they really have and they're extremely supportive so i can't say it's all down to me and there are there are other people i come across and they say things and they resonate. And I think, oh, actually, do you know what? That's really freaky. I've been thinking about that. 
and then I leave it and then suddenly somebody else will say it and yet these two people don't know one another and mm. I think hey do you know what something's going on something's going on I'm being looked after somewhere yeah yeah it, it strikes me Karen just sort of listening to you there that it there's well I'm thinking a few things but particularly about the sense of community that you seem to have created for people um which obviously we feel is really really important and and that you know you're encouraging as you say you've got your own kind of thing that's been going on for you but then you're encouraging other people you're creating a space you're creating the environment really for people to make those connections and I think that's so vital to our mental well-being I mean it's one of the reasons why Claire and I wanted to do the radio show because we just think it's so important we wanted to give it a platform and it's so important for people to you know, to speak about this stuff in a way that's non-judgmental and that they feel supported, you know, and we're hoping that over time people will start to contact us on the show, you know, and get in touch with us and, and ask questions and things. So, yeah, it strikes me that whether you've done it consciously or unconsciously, that you've got this sort of sense of community going on. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I think it's all skills from the past and from workplaces and stuff and I've just brought them all together and just thought if I went to a movement class what would I like and I've put that out there and let me just say to anybody listening into all of this please don't be afraid to speak up and say something because um, once you do you can open up everything and you'll feel so much better and that's what I encourage with my clients I have very young ladies that come to me with breast cancer and they may have had very big surgery and they can't talk about it because they're traumatized by it but if you can give people space and if you start talking about it people will listen and just keep talking to them just tell them how it feels and everything else like that and I'm quite happy to sit there and listen to that I can't make I can't magically make you better, but it's a start and talking is a start. And that was a big part in my mental health as well, especially when we went into lockdown, was actually being able to talk about it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's really inspiring what you're talking about. I think from somebody who's previously thought to have that community, I would need to be there face to face and it would need to take that kind of role and we know about social media and there's that kind which you know some people love you know some people don't for me what you seem to be talking about what you are talking about you've built that community both face to face within your hall you know kind of and face-to-face delivery but you've also got it online in your zoom and it's a safe space because you know who's there and like you say they're looking after one another so you've really built a community that is far and wide because mm-hmm. i know you've done people from you know up here where i live so in the north you mm-hmm. obviously you've got people from down where you are you've got people from scotland all over the place and now obviously internationally as well and yeah nasa they need to get on board with sending their astronauts on this training on zoom definitely <laughs> <laughs> but you've really got this community and what i think it is for me this is just what i'm hearing it's come about because 
you're genuine. Anybody can see that when you know you, you, you're a genuine person, it comes across. You've not set out to build a community. The community spirit has come alive because of how you are and what you were doing and then bringing others who actually are following from you and want that as well. And it's just, it's not been your mindset to go and do that. Your mindset has been to, to bring movement to people. But actually, your whole philosophy is about supporting. So it's actually much bigger than that. So trying to pinpoint one thing would be really hard because you're actually multifaceted with what you're doing for people in the community, aren't you? It, it, it is. And I've always been a people person. And I've always loved doing um, stuff in the community, like running community lunches, you know, and volunteering projects. So there's a whole wealth of many years of all of that behind it as such. And having worked with a huge diversity of people, I've got experiences of many different types of people. Um, but I feel from my own thing that if you sit in a dark corner and you don't talk to anybody um, and you try to reach out, but perhaps it's to the wrong person who's not really listening, not everybody can offer support. Um, but if you start talking, you will find a way. Um, it's not good to sit in the dark in the corner. I think you, I think community is important. Um, and that's why I feel that perhaps too much is done on Zoom. Too many work meetings are done on Zoom. You're tired. I mean, who can sit all day? I can't sit all day on a training program for seven hours on Zoom. Um, you know, I, I'm the worst one. I mean, it's, you know, half an hour, I'm bored. I put the I put the picture up and I go off and make a cup of tea. I've got no idea what they're talking about when I come back. You know, it's, I'm bored to death of that. And I'm sure lots of other people are. And it's, it's not, it's not what we are as human beings. We're all about connecting with people. We're like trees. We need to connect. We need to touch. We need to feel, smell and everything like that and bounce off other people's energies um too much sitting on zoom all day all long i think is creating a lot of um stress anxiety um what is it paranoia people are too worried about how the background looks sometimes or they have to conform they can't sit you can't move you have to look there and i think there's too many rules and regulations around that if you were in a natural working office you would be moving around you'd be going to the photocopier do you'd be going to talk to someone you'd be making a cup of tea zoom is not natural for all day working and i think that that is going to create a lot of mental health issues quite honestly but that's my personal view no well it seems to me that kind of more than ever you know that we need to be encouraging more movement and mm. making that part of our day so obviously mm. the work that you do is absolutely vital to that You're listening to Let's Talk Wellbeing with Claire and Sue. Welcome back to Let's Talk Wellbeing. Um, we're speaking with Karen Forrester-Jones. We've been talking about the importance of movement and how our mind, body and emotions are all 
personally connected. And, and Karen, just really loving hearing, you know, your insight and, and your story really around um, your journey with, with your well-being and particularly your mental well-being. And you've shared a little bit about that already. You know, you were saying that you'd had those times when it was kind of, you, you struggled with just getting up and, and that whole kind of motivation. And, and it struck me that when you were talking before that you you got that balance by sort of striking, like uh, setting an intention for yourself really mm. about how you wanted to approach your day. I just wondered if you could tell us a little bit more about your own personal journey with mental well-being. You know, is there anything else to your story that you think our listeners would, would like to hear about? And, and how's that journey led to greater mental well-being for you? Okay, I think so. quite a few of your listeners may relate to this because um, I'm not the only one. And I, and I think that's also one of the reasons why, you know, I, I can sit here and talk about it. I have suffered from depression in the past. So I've known how bad I've got where I've got to days where I don't get out of bed for four days, let alone wash, dress or do anything else. You know, it's just sit and cry in bed for days. Um, and I seem to somehow surface, but I've never had treatment for it or therapy for it. I've just kind of just got through it um and i decided one year to have a bit of hypnotherapy so i had this hypnotherapy quite a few hypnotherapy sessions to sort all that out and it kind of helped but the worst ever i thought i was over trauma and depression for quite a while is can we all take ourselves back two years to that fateful week in march where the, uh, they just announced that everybody's going to have to go into lockdown well i'm self-employed and not only am i a movement instructor i am also a touch therapist um, and i deal with end of life care and chronic illnesses just by you know stroke massage they call it and gentle light massage for those that can't have heavy massage and i was at a health and well-being center and we were all sitting there, the therapists in the centre, we were all sitting in the room because all our clients had cancelled. They weren't coming out. It was two days to complete lockdown. And we just sat there in this room and went, oh, shit, we're watching everything die. And we had no control over it. And then we had the official lockdown. And I had all notices from every hall that I worked with, every client saying, no, sorry, that's it. And all I could see was that my life had been taken out of control and all my businesses had shut down. And what was I going to do for money? I had no income coming in. Um, and there was no advice at the time as to what the banks were going to do. No one knew. We were in a complete whirlwind of no one knew anything. So for the first week, Guess what I went and did? I stayed in bed. I cried every morning. I had anxiety. I had panic attacks. I would get up, start shouting at the world, um, just start crying, go back to bed. That was my day. And whether I washed or not, who knows? Um, and by the end of the week, I, th I just felt miserable, absolutely miserable. I was tired. I knew I was going into this massive depression of where I wasn't going to even do anything. Um, and I felt for my husband in a way because he had to put up with it. And he, he would just feed me 
so he was great he just fed me and said what do you want to drink you're not having alcohol you know and stuff like that um and at the end of the week i got this email from a group of therapists and some local business women and it was just somebody had come up with an idea of let's all get on zoom and let's talk to one another and see where we are how we feel and she was one of the therapists who I work alongside with. And we were on this Zoom call, and I'm not joking, you've got like 15 women all crying, what am I gonna do? It's like my business has come to an end, I owe thousands of pounds, um, all sorts of stuff, you name it. No one knew what was going on, and literally, you're out of control. And being self-employed, it's quite important to know when the money's coming in, because you've got people screaming at you for money. They halls need pain, you know, your council tax needs pain, your mortgage still needed pain. And no one was saying what was gonna happen about this. Um, and I sat there and I sat and listened to this for an hour and I had a light bulb moment. And I suddenly thought, hey, do you know what? I've got a laptop. It may not have a good camera on it. I've got a laptop and then can you get Zoom for free? Yes, you can. So how long can you have Zoom for? 30 minutes. What can I do in 30 minutes? You know, if I put a Zoom class on. And it was listening to everybody else talking through their things. So I suddenly thought, you know what? If I can put on a Zoom class three times a week, just for half an hour, that would focus me to get out of bed. And I would have to get dressed, put the slap on, all the clothes. How was I going to do this? Because I've got no equipment. And I thought this is going to be a bit of a laugh and a half. So I contacted a couple of my clients and said, look, I'm going to put on this free half an hour class. And I'm going to do it three times a week because I need a focus that I've got to be up, dressed and washed by 10 o'clock. What happens at half past 11 and for the rest of the day doesn't matter, but I need to be focused for something at 10 o'clock, three days a week. And I said, you join in. And they were in. For it. Um, so I gathered up, I pushed the sofa to one end of the living room. I set the laptop up on top of the cat tower. I had all the bedroom bedside lamps around. So we had a bit of extra. I had nothing. I mean, it's laughable. If you look at the early recordings, it's an absolute hoot. But do you know what? I didn't need anything because I had people on the end of that Zoom. I had a CD player. I had a laptop where the picture was absolutely crap. And they, there they were at 10 o'clock and we were all on Zoom and there was eight of them. And I thought, brilliant. And do you know what they all said after the first class? Thank you so much for putting this class on because we needed a reason to get out of bed. And I thought, do you know what? It's not just me. But I was back to bed for the rest of the day. You know, that was it. Nothing else was happening. And then Tuesday, collapse. Back to Wednesday, got to get up, washed and dressed. It was an effort. It's the biggest effort I ever had to make. And then I read an article that week as well. These things just drop into my laps. It seems to be that some something appears when I need it. Um, and this has happened throughout the whole of the lockdown. If I've needed it, it's appeared, which leads me to a bit of a story later on. So to cut a long story short, I read this article and I thought, Do you know what? 
I'm going to I'm going to try it out. I'm just going to look at my day. I'm going to set three things. And if I could set three things and achieve those three things without an anxiety attack, panicking, crying my eyes out or feeling overwhelmed, then that was great. But if I only achieved one, then that was it. So the achievement of just getting up out of bed was one. Getting dressed and washed was two. And the third one was putting the class on. So I'd done everything in the day. So we go on a couple of weeks and one of my clients phones me up and says, Karen, you're not doing these classes for free anymore now. You're going to charge and you're going to break them down and you're going to think about how you're going to do them every day. And so I was like, Ugh. so we did that and they paid. They paid money to support me, to keep me going. And when I asked them why they were sending me money, I didn't decide how much the class was. They just sent me money. Uh, honestly, it was just a donation. I said, just send a donation. And they sent donations. And to quite a lot of them, I said to them, why did you send me this money? And they said, because if you go under, we don't have any movement system to attend anymore and you'll go and find another job because that's the kind of person you are. And I had a big realisation about how many people were relying on me. And um, it was quite emotional. But I didn't want to take that on because that was going to increase my stress level and my anxiety that I had to do this for other people. Um, but it made me aware that I wasn't the only one in this problem with lockdown. There were thousands of other people in a whirlwind with depression that needed to see somebody on a screen. And even if it was me just being happy and smiley for half an hour, because I'm a bit of a performer, I can perform for half an hour, I'm happy, smiley, bum, 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 bum. But the moment I switch off, I'm in tears, I'm on the floor. Um, so first year was a bit of a, was good. We built up, we brought some equipment with the, you know, the donations and everything. And then on the second year of lockdown, it felt a little bit more promising. Um, I was still bit depressed, um, still trying to get to grips with everything as everybody else was. But these these things kept dropping in my lap, like little articles to read and things to do. And the day was getting better. And I suddenly decided, you know, I listened to Claire and Sue and I read their things on their websites and their little sayings they put up on Instagram and Facebook. And I thought, you know what? I need to get control again. I need to look after myself. Because if I don't look after myself, I could be like this forever because we didn't know how long lockdown was going on for. So I made a point of every day going out in the garden with a cup of tea and just sitting and listening or watching what was going on. I didn't have to do anything, no gardening. I could just sit and watch. Um, and then I thought, OK, I've mastered that. The next thing on my big list was have a bath whenever you wanted. I mean, who takes a bath at two o'clock in the afternoon with a really nice bath bomb? You know, um, treat yourself. It, it's, yeah, it's not your traditional bath night thing or your Saturday weekend bath thing. But you just think, hey, do you know what? I've got nothing to do this afternoon. I'm bored. And I really was bored. And I just thought, just sit yourself in the bath and just think. Um, so I just kept building on this on this self-care um, and some people may think it's selfish um, but I put me first and to this day I still put me first 
and I don't see why people can't stop and have a lunch break and go outside for a walk. There is nothing stopping you. I can't see why people decide that they have to work 12 hours a day. You, you don't because you don't really achieve anything. It's whether you're there and do the work or not, it's the same amount gets done. Um, so going into 2022, I decided things were going to be great. I'd done a lot of work. I'd worked really hard at taking my business on Zoom. Um, and I thought I this year, do you know what? I'm not going to work on a bank holiday. Um, and that's the first thing that I've never done in five years. Um, I'm going to put me first. Um, and it doesn't matter what the client says. If they say, oh, I have to see you, I have to see you. It's not going to happen. I've set boundaries. But I've also looked at what am I going to do for me? What do I need now? And um, what I need is... I don't know, a bit of meditation and Qigong popped up and there's nothing like a bit of standing meditation going on. Found myself a fantastic coach quite by accident. Um, and I've always had a niggly back, always had a niggly back pro problem and that is trauma and injury. So I took up Pilates and anyone who knows me knows damn well I can't get down on the floor. I can't get down and up off the floor. But you know what? I've struggled at it for two months and I'm almost able to do it. So, you know, I'll get there. And for some reason this year, I just wake up. I'm more positive. I say, I'm going to have a good day. And I look at where I am now to where I was two years ago. And all I can say is it's such a better place. And I'm just so grateful for everything I have, all my friends and all my clients. And I say that out loud because honestly, I have the best job in the world, I think. Um, I can help other people, which is what I want to do. But most importantly, I'm actually looking after myself and I'm actually doing something I've always wanted to do since a little girl. So um, I feel that life is good at the moment, touch wood, she says. Um, and I'm just, I just, you know, I'm just grateful for everything I have at the moment. I have no money. Um, there's no money in this business but for some reason I'm happy I don't need all the you know the fancy stuff that goes with with life um it it appears if I need it if I need something it appears so I don't know about you uh, Sue and Claire whether things appear for you um but I hope so I think there's so much in what you've shared there Karen thank you for for sharing your story I mean there's so much going through my mind right now just just sort of listening to you just to pick up on your last point there about you know things appearing you know they say there's not really any such thing as coincidence which I'm kind of a big believer of but I think the clues are often there you know and I think it's about what are we open to mm -hmm. stuff or are we closing ourselves off and I think when we experience that those dark moments you know and everything you've described I can completely relate to um I know Claire probably you can too and I think lots of people maybe listening can as well you know we've all got our own versions of what you shared and I think yeah I think when we close ourselves off it's hard to see it's like it is dark we, and we can't see the clues we can't see the opportunities but then sometimes you just need one little one little kind of fleck of light don't you and then the minute you get that it just sort of it opens up and I was reminded as you were talking 
you know, when you were kind of going back to the start of, of how you, you got doing this, that, that quote, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. Oh. That's what you did. It was yeah. kind of like, right, what, what do I have at my disposal? You know, oh. where am I? What can I do? You know, it was just kind of one thing and you set yourself these sort of challenges and you broke it down, you know, to within a day. So it wasn't, I think when we, we think about making changes, we often think about huge goals and that can be so overwhelming. But I think what's probably been at the, at the heart of the way that you've kind of gone on your journey is that you've taken these incremental steps. That's, you know, that's me kind of reflecting that back to you, if you like, that's sort of what I was picking up. And um, yeah, and, and what you were saying there at the end about, you know you're, you're happy you're grateful you know obviously life chucks us all these challenges that's just part of being a human being but it seems to me that I don't know just listening to you it's like you've you've developed a kind of a sense of self-awareness you know and about what what it is that you need and I love the way that you were talking about you know and it's sort of like tuning in to well what do I need and that isn't a selfish thing it's actually a caring thing, a compassionate thing. It's actually fundamental, um, you know, and, and kind of, and then from there, you're feeding yourself, aren't you? You're nourishing yourself and enabling yourself to be able to kind of go out there and, and do more of this fantastic stuff. So, wow, so much. Yeah. I know, I'm a very different person to the person you met many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been it for a long time, Karen. Yeah, we go way back. But no, even I look at myself and I'm astonished how different I am in the last three years. I'm a very, very, very different person now. Very different insights, very different the way I look at the world and I look at people. Um, but it is all achievable. But I know when you're in that dark state, you can't see the helping hands. And... It can be down just to meeting someone who leads you on a different path or like I go to, you know, I go to Kong, and it may not be the interaction with the instructor I have. It might just be somebody else that comes to Kong that sparks something and then I'm off on a different path. I'm a bit like Alice in Wonderland. I'm always down the rabbit hole. I'm always eating something or drinking something. So, you know, that's the kind of person I am. But when I'm depressed, sometimes I even I don't see I don't see things so I, I can relate to other people not seeing things and I think it's good to be able to sort of remind ourselves of that isn't it you know kind of when we're in those moments um, and that can be the thing that's most challenging yeah, yeah. Claire, sorry I just want to bring you in here kind of if there's anything <laughs> that you want to kind of add to what we've been talking about there with what because Karen's story is just it's so powerful isn't it it really is I really think the fact that you've got to know yourself mm. seems really key in your, I don't know, recovery mm. from where you were. That What I did want to ask is, because you said you're very different mm. from obviously who you were many years ago, maybe. Was it lockdown that changed that? Or was there I, something else, do you think? I think it was lockdown. It took lockdown to whack me one in the face because I'd been knocked off my feet and I spent months in a state of anxiety and panic. Um, 
as I mean, it, when you're self-employed and you don't know where the money's coming from and people are asking you for money um, and nobody had the answer at the time. And I just suddenly four months into it thought, wait a minute, if the rest of the world is in this state and there's other people that can't pay the bills, then the mortgage company can't ask you for the mortgage money. They can't take you to court because it's extreme circumstances. And I think that's what changed the anxiety that was going on every day. Um, and I think you just quieten down and then you start listening um, to things. And people were saying, oh, you can phone up your mortgage company and have a holiday break. I'd never heard of that. Mm. And it just came out the air. But one thing I did do, um, I gave up listening to the news and I did give up to Facebook and social media because um, I, I take it on and it, I can get very upset from things that are on there and people were speculating. And it's the same with the war that's going on at the moment. Um, you know, for the first two weeks, I just cried at six o'clock every day. And then I thought, Karen, you have got to stop watching this. You know what you can do. So I can take action on that. But you don't have to sit there and watch it. And I don't have to sit there on Facebook and read it. I can do my own action to help somebody in the Ukraine. Um, so I'm not going to go down the political route. But, you know, if that's what's affecting you, if there's outside forces affecting you, making you upset, unplug yourself from them. This is all I can say. Just unplug. You don't need to see what's going on. You don't need to read Facebook. Just have a good holiday off of social media. It can be quite time consuming. It's extremely time consuming. And you could be doing something else. Um, you just you're preaching to the converted for me because oh. I'm totally with you there. I'm exactly the same. I don't watch the news anymore. And I know some people have said to me, when I don't know what's going on or, you know, like was, this has happened, this has happened. I'm like, Oh, when did that happen? And what's gone on? Because exactly like you, I think it's about learning what your triggers are. I think that's a really key point that you're bringing out there. Social media is one for me. Yeah. There's, there was things coming up on there that really affect me, stay with me, cause me mental anguish. And watching the news is exactly the same. And I just don't, I, I, I still don't. Don't read the newspaper, don't watch the news, anything like that. It's totally switch off from. And I'm very, don't know, can, short on social media. I'm very sure of when I need to go on and, and what that's for. So definitely get where you're coming from there. I think though, the fact that you this has changed you and you're saying you know what you went through for me you've really known yourself you've gone even more into who you are what is it you need what are you doing about it but then what you've also done is you've gone into thinking different and that, that takes that takes some practice to do but you've not just settled with right, this is how it's going to be. You've started looking at things differently. Okay, is there a different way I can look at this kind of thing? Even though you've probably not said that to yourself, you've started looking at something very differently. And that's really key because then that's brought you different things coming on. And I, I just, I'm going to hold off on talking about, yeah, what, what Sue and you have said before about things landing in your lap. 
because mm. I think that's right quite key for our discussion later. This interview is an extract from our weekly community radio show, Let's Talk Wellbeing. You can listen live to our show every Thursday between 12pm and 2pm UK time via hcr923fm.com. And we'll be back with next week's podcast with more interviews and chat to hopefully help you get your wellbeing mojo on. See you next time.